Welcome, I am Malihera Zazan and this is Status. On this edition of Status, we'll hear Shahram Agamir of KPFA's Voices of the Middle East and North Africa's interview with political scientist Sheila Karapiko about the U.S.-backed Saudi military attacks in Yemen. Stay with us. After 19 months of military conflict that has tragically claimed more than 9,000 lives, displaced more than 3 million people, and pushed the poorest Arab country to the brink of famine, there seems to be no end to the war in Yemen. After four months of a UN-mediated ceasefire, in the second week of August, the Saudi military resumed its airstrikes. As the leader of the U.S.-backed coalition supporting deposed President Abed Mansour Hadi, Saudi Arabia has been trying to drive back Houthi rebels. Meanwhile, the Houthis, who hail from the north of Yemen, still hold large parts of the country, including its capital, Sana'a, and have renewed their attacks across the border on targets inside Saudi Arabia. Shahram Agamir spoke with Professor Sheila Karapiko about the devastating U.S.-backed and funded Saudi military attacks on Yemen. Sheila Karapiko is a professor of political science and international studies at University of Richmond and the editor of the new book, Arabia Incognita, Dispatches from Yemen and the Gulf. Well, it's getting more complicated by the day. I mean, the sort of latest breaking news was yesterday, the day before, when there was a car bomb that killed recruits, military recruits in Aden. And apparently this was uh, the Saudi-led coalition trying to recruit people to fight on behalf of Saudi Arabia, basically to defend its southern border because increasingly the Houthis are, or the Houthi-Saleh coalition are firing across the border into Saudi Arabia. Really, the 16 months is not so much a matter of a civil war in Yemen as a Saudi war in Yemen. And the latest development is the what I just mentioned, which has two parts. One is that it seemed to have been the Islamic State that blew up these recruits, so they're getting more active. And the other one is that the war is spilling across the border into Saudi Arabia. So these are actually quite serious developments. Perhaps you can talk about some of these attempts by the Saudis to recruit people on the northern border of Yemen that would be the southern part of Saudi Arabia. Well, the irony is that, I mean, they're, they're recruiting them actually in the far south in Aden, yes, where yes. they have had some support because the Adenis and most people in what used to be South Yemen are very anti-Houthi and anti-Saleh. And so they have tended, a fair number of people in the South have tended to side with Saudi Arabia against Saleh and the Houthis. And therefore, the Saudis are hoping that they can recruit Southern Yemenis who are basically organized to defend their territory. But they're hoping to recruit Yemeni citizens to go and defend Saudi Arabia. This is, I mean, a strange development for a couple of reasons. First, I mean, it's difficult to believe unless the salaries are very high that 
South Yemenis, even Southern Yemenis, would volunteer to travel quite far from home in order to protect the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And the second thing is that the Saudis presumably are leading a very large coalition, including the other Gulf monarchies and a couple of other countries like Egypt. And so it suggests that they're quite short of manpower, especially the kind of boots-on-the-ground types. And then the other part of it is that, you know, it's a very tangled mess because so the the Saudi-led coalition has been fighting against the Houthis, who have also been fighting against the Islamic State and al-Qaeda. Sheila, why don't you uh, remind us who is who in Yemen? In other words, give us an overview of the configuration of forces and what brought Yemen to the present state with this ongoing military conflict. Well, there was 30 years of dictatorship of Ali Abdullah Saleh, and there was a mass public popular uprising against him, which was really diverse. So it included the Southerners. There's a movement there called Herak, which means simply the Southern Movement. There were the Houthis who had for more than a decade been fighting against Ali Abdullah Saleh just in their little place in the far northern province of Sada, which is on the Saudi border. And then there was something called the Gulf Cooperation. I know it's complicated, but after a number of months of widespread nationwide popular demonstrations against Saleh, and also an incident which remains a bit mysterious in which there was a bomb in a mosque where he was praying and he was very seriously injured and spent some time in hospital in Saudi Arabia. And then there emerged something called the Gulf Cooperation Council Initiative, GCC Initiative. And this initiative, led by Saudi Arabia and the other very wealthy neighbors of Yemen, persuaded Saleh to relinquish power to his own hand-picked vice president, Abdurrahman Mansour Hadi. And so he relinquished power on condition of immunity from prosecution, and his vice president took over. This was in 2012. This is in 2012. Then there was a, a one-man referendum, so it wasn't really an election. It was just a do-you-vote for Hadi, who had been handpicked by Saleh to be the interim president from 2012 through 2014. And, you know, he won because there was only one candidate. And so then that's the legacy of the so-called internationally recognized government, although his term in office is already over. And then there was a couple of years during this supposedly transition period, there was something called the National Dialogue Process, which really had, I mean, a lot of us had some hopes for it, but it just dragged on and dragged on. It was very much dominated by more or less the old elites with some women and some youth. But, you know, it was supposed to last for two years, and at the end of two years, there wasn't very much of a resolution. And then there were some sudden declarations of dividing the country into regions and so forth. And the Houthis in particular, which was just this small militia who had been fighting against Saleh all these years, they particularly rejected, it was called a federal proposal, dividing the country into regions, They rejected that, and they started marching south from their stronghold in Sada through a couple of other governorates, and basically they just marched into Sana'a, where they were greeted, actually, with cheers because people were sick of the transition, 
and Hadi, the, the transition president, fled Sana'a. And he fled to Aden, which is the southern capital of the former South Yemen. And the Houthis, and then this was where it got really mysterious because, I mean, it caught me by surprise at the time because you wouldn't have expected the Houthis and Saleh to join forces. But that's exactly what they did. And then they together, and this would have been Salah's initiative more than the Houthis, because the Houthis had no reason to march to the south. But the remnants of the parts of the military still under on Salah's payroll, which he managed to retain, and the Houthis marched to Aden. And they encountered a fair amount of resistance along the way, and particularly when they got to Aden. And then Hadi fled to Saudi Arabia and said, I need your help restoring me to power. And then that was what triggered the beginning of the Saudi intervention. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the main parts of the story. So Saudi Arabia is ostensibly fighting to restore what they call the legitimate government of President Hadi, although I think very few people inside the country consider that to be a legitimate government certainly not at this point. Feelings about the Houthis are definitely mixed. In some regions, they have a fair amount of support. In some regions, they hate them. But it is nonetheless the case that in the interim, and this is of interest to Americans, of course, that in the interim, particularly in the South, both al-Qaeda, which had a certain presence, particularly in the South, before this stuff started, and the Islamic State, which was completely unheard of, you know, it's called the Islamic State in Iraq and Syria for a reason, because it's not also in Yemen, except that now it is, so that Saudi bombardments of the Houthis, who again were also fighting against al-Qaeda and then the Islamic State, I mean, I guess it's inadvertent, but there are, of course, conspiracy theories that the Saudis are explicitly supporting al-Qaeda and the Islamic State. I don't necessarily buy into that conspiracy, but it is nonetheless the case that a consequence of these many months, 16 or more months of quite intensive air bombardment has strengthened the Islamic State and al-Qaeda. And at the same time, it's decimated, particularly um, the infrastructure of the country. So hospitals, schools, power, water, bridges, and then in addition, you know, antiquities, some neighborhoods, markets, you know, many thousands dead, more than the the official estimate of 6,000, which is way low at this point, and then 2 million maybe out of displaced persons, and estimates from the UN that have about a a total population of about 26 million, some 20 million are food insecure and or worse, as in starving. The UN reports indicate that more than 9,000 people have been killed and the conflict has displaced more than 3 million Yemenis. And sadly, Save the Children has stated that one in every three under fives is suffering from acute malnutrition. And on top of it, Saudis resumed their airstrikes in mid-August. They said they would be scaling back on their attacks. Four months ago, there was some UN-mediated peace talks that evidently collapsed. And the Saudis used that as a pretext to come back and hit civilian targets, among other targets, in Yemen. Yeah, the UN-mediated peace talks in Kuwait, they don't include all of the parties. So, for example, Saudi Arabia is not considered to be a party 
to the negotiations, although they're the major combat force. I mean, they're the only ones with an air force. And, you know, they have huge firepower. And so, you know, this strange way in which an, actually a party, namely Saudi Arabia, to the conflict is presenting itself as sort of a mediator. And their demand is that the Houthis and Saleh, they all just surrender all of their weapons and whatever parts of the country that they control and hand it over to, again, what, what the Saudi-led coalition calls the legitimate government. And that position really hasn't changed and so the the talks finally petered out, collapsed, and then this Saudi-led coalition renewed its airstrikes. And, of course, there were a couple of notable ones, most notable one being uh, the bombing of a Médecins Sans Frontières hospital in a community called Abs in an area which is not Houthi and which is, in fact, one of the most destitute parts mm. of the country. The northern Tahama, where you know people are black, they're not Zaidi, which is to say Shia, they're Shafi'i, which is to say Sunni. And at least 15 people were killed in that attack. And that's at least the fourth Médecins Sans Frontières hospital that's been bombed by Saudi Arabia or the, by the coalition. And then there was another one, a potato ship factory, where people basically burned in oil. I mean, just gruesome, gruesome stuff. And it's very, very difficult to see a real objective, a real end game. 